Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour, so I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona, and then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest, Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska, I am coming, performing there for the first time, Alice's Champagne Palace, and then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward, we're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen, Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, uh, we, of course, I want it to be packed out. But also, like, let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin, I'm headed back your way, but this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th, Green Bay on the 19th, and then what up, Florida, St. Pete, Tampa, I'm coming your way, uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd 
and St. Pete. Um, they're ahead of that. Uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters, and if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get five dollars off tickets and wherever you are i'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out it sells out faster so that i know that the club knows that maybe we can add a second show it just fyi that helps every artist that you're a fan of so if you can ever buy asap go ahead and do that uh so that's your incentive to buy early in tampa and uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio. Join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there. JMScomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance's Blast podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host. I'm a comedian and I'm ignorant. I don't know anything. Does anyone know anything? Really? That's why we're here to ponder our ignorances. Is that even a thing? Uh, And get answers to our ignorant questions when I have guests. But maybe I'm just going to answer my own questions out loud in this episode because it's a solo episode. Uh, just, I just learn and laugh and, I don't know, get through the hell that is living on Earth. Uh, maybe it ends magically with 2021, but uh, if you listen to the show, I assume that you don't believe that. Uh, because, come on. Like, we're all idiots, but, like, everyone listening to the show is, like, an idiot, but, like, super smart, you know? Anyway, if you're new to the podcast, you took long enough. That's not what I was going to say, but I said took, and then I went with it. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for coming. You picked a weird episode to start on, but I appreciate you being here anyways. Uh, If you hate this one, please at least give one interview episode a try because that's my normal format. I'm just sort of doing a bookend of the year type thing with this. And um, if you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, if they allow reviews, it makes my podcast show up higher in the algorithm. More people can join the conversation, more idiots to hear the interviews I'm doing, and, uh, you know, more answers to all our ignorant questions. We can learn and grow together or refuse to learn and die together. Who knows? It's a wild ride. Anyway, you know, thank you to everyone who's already done that. All my subscribers, all my reviewers. By the way, thank you if you've stuck with me and you're listening to this, even though I've been on a hiatus. 
Uh, shout out to my best idiots forever. Still hanging in there. Gene and Kathy over on Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. There are all different levels. Those are just high level patrons. You can join for as little as a dollar and get stand-up clips exclusively on Patreon, full length episodes. Anything over an hour is only on Patreon bonus content. We do hangouts. I'm sending cards used to be postcards. We'll see how much traveling I do into the new year or when traveling begins. We're having fun over there. And it's a great way to support a podcast. So if you listen to this and go, wow, I wish there was something I could do to support this deranged moron. You can, you can join Patreon. And if you listen to this and think, wow, she has a podcast. She must be rich. That's not how podcasts work. Uh, Yeah, no, they are for the most part, completely unfunded. Sometimes on networks, there might be big name celebrities who get paid to come on a network and that's to boost the network's uh, reputation. Uh, other than that, it works on ad money, which I, I do. You've heard on episodes and episodes in the past, I get um, some ad revenue. Uh, I also, uh, most of the ads you hear before this intro are ads I've done for free uh, to boost the what am I trying to say? Put a spotlight on businesses that you may not know of, especially if they're uh, female owned, black owned, trying to just get them out in the in the world, do my part to, you know, support communities that maybe don't always get the support they need from the advertising community or et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> that being said, you know who does give me money? Neurogum. They also give me everything I need to get through the day. Uh, they don't give me money, but I have a code. And if you use it and you like the Neurogum, even if you don't like it, if you use the code, I get like a, a penny, like a small percentage of your purchase. Uh, they don't charge you more because they're purchasing. It's just like I get a percentage of what the cost would be. Anyway, get neuro.com slash JMS, G-E-T-N-E-U-R-O.com. If you want to try Neurogum, it's delicious gum with B vitamins and L-theanine nootropics that gives you energy but in a focused way so it's like uh you know non-jittery Adderall in a gum is the best way to put it and I don't know if that's inappropriate or if that turns some people off I have ADHD I thrive when I take my Adderall when I remember to take it I prescribe from a doctor Adderall not you know getting pills from kids on a college campus um so you know if you're like me and you need something to help you focus try this and also if you've never tried anything and you're just like my brain's crazy there's stuff out there that works. Like, I think uh, it's easy when you're kind of in a hectic brain, either ADHD, anxious, even uh, someone with depression to sometimes feel like, oh, this is just the way it is. But they're, they're, as much as I think a lot of these medications are overprescribed, and I've talked about that ad nauseum, I will continue to talk about that. There's a reason they exist. There's a reason, you know, people take them. There's a reason people prescribe them. So, you know, and this is a natural thing. It's not a medicine. It's not something you get hooked on worth trying. If you just feel like, I wish I could just focus on one thing and get one thing done, I relate to you deeply. Try Neurogum. Try it. Let me know what you think. You try it once and then you don't like it, never have it again. Anyway, also, uh, this is the last day. If you're listening to this on New Year's Eve, this is the last day to use the code filthy20 at squattypotty.com to get 20% off of Squatty Potty, which is a bigger discount than they usually give, even with their like coupon codes. They usually do like 15% max. So if you've ever wanted a Squatty Potty, Go use that code. I, I know I, I've been shoving it down people's throat. I feel like on my social media, tell me if I'm wrong. If you're like, I haven't seen you talk about this before ever. I just like, I love Squatty Potty, like genuinely. These are two products I love. That also is something I would like to spend time talking about, but I don't want to, you know, 
rattle on and on is that I don't ever want to take on advertisers just to take on advertisers to like make money. But, uh, if it's, if it's ever a situation where I'm like, well, I desperately need money. I guess I have to sell blue apron now. Um, I do actually like blue apron, but I prefer green chef. Uh, why are there, why are they all color coded anyway? I, I mean, I don't, I thus far don't do that. And to avoid me do, ever getting to the point that I'm fake selling you things I don't like, uh, I, I hope that the Patreon can continue to be enough of a, a little booster. So head over there and prevent me from selling you garbage I don't like ever in the future. Hopefully that will never be a problem. I don't think it ever will be, but listen, I haven't traveled for stand-up in months and it is getting dire. <sighs> anyway. What else do I want to tell you before I, before I roll into this episode? I guess I guess there's nothing else in that department. I don't have shows coming up for you to travel to. Uh, I have another podcast. If you're into nerdy content, we're almost to the seventh book of Harry Potter. And it's not a Harry Potter podcast. We're just on a very long Harry Potter season. It's called Two Filthy Nerds. Basically uh, diving into things that have, you know, these big nerd cult followings. For the first time, either myself or my co-host, Nicole Amy Schreiber, uh, are losing our nerdginity, as we call it, uh, and kind of filthing up the things you love. So it's a lot of fun over there. But that's neither here nor there. Right now we're here. And we are going to roll into this episode, which is just a solo year-end fucking wrap-up. It's a wrap. Let's wrap the fuck up. I'm going to wrap this up and start the episode. Here you go. It's me. All right, idiots. At the time I'm recording this, it is Wednesday, December 30th. Hours before midnight. So the day before New Year's Eve. And uh, what a fucking year it's been. Truly. I uh, I don't know how you guys are doing. Uh, and, you know, always feel free to tweet at me. I forgot to say this in the intro. I need to plug it more. But there is a Facebook group for the podcast. And I'm plugging it just because I want you guys to know that's where the conversation is going. And I genuinely want, you know, would love to engage more conversation with you guys that there. Um, it's called Ignorance Hashtag Blessed Idiots. So just look it up join you'll be asked a question so make sure you answer the question you just have to go I'm a fan of the podcast or whatever because there's a lot of people who because who I think think that ignorance is blessed is the proper like phrase and they try to join because they love quotes or something I don't know what they think it is but listen I would love for you to join and tell me like what changed for you this year what are some things you lost that you know you you've thought you never would that really forced a change. Is there anything you gained? Is there any uh, outlook on life? Did the, did you have a major shift in your perspective in any way? Uh, I, I have to keep reminding myself that I didn't lose. I didn't lose my job as a comedian in terms of, you know, not being qualified enough for the job, even though I logically know that having gone so long without doing the thing that really sparks my joy. Sometimes I, it's like, I fall into this, I think subconscious feeling of like, I guess it's just not for me. 
as if everyone else has continued on normally going to the comedy store and going on the road. And I just abruptly came to a halt when the reality is, yes, there are a few people still touring. There's a few people living in states where like clubs are still open. Uh, you know, the, the people touring, I think, are are mostly higher level, you know, bigger name comedians because these clubs are doing less capacity. And so they're really relying on like, we've got to sell out the seats we do have. Who who can we bring in that can get the highest ticket price? Cause they, you know, they're struggling too. So I don't begrudge that. I definitely, uh, I'm sure I've said this before. I'm, I'm of the, I'm a tier of comedian where I feel like comedy nerds uh, may have heard of me or may come across me uh, either personally or, or in comedian conversations but I am far from being, quote, a name in the general public sphere. And uh, so the, I, you know, I headline, but the weekends I get are like clubs that reserve weekends for comedians they like that uh, they don't count on selling out, that they're like, we'll be okay if this sells a little under. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it works out either way and, and the ticket sales are good anyway. So that's like a win-win for all of us. Um, or clubs like, yeah, clubs taking a shot on me as a, a headliner on a weekend where they anticipate it being slow either way. So they're like, let's, let's try someone new. Like I'm, no one's like, let's bring her in because we got to get 5 million people in this, uh, in this club. There are some cities I draw in like not 5 million. Obviously that's a fucking insane thing to say, but like, uh, Yeah. So that's where I am. And so comedians at my level, it's basically someone put it this way that like arena comedians are having to go to theater level. Theater level comedians are then going to clubs. So people who are like regularly on TV shows and also great stand-up comedians are booking all of those slots. And that's fine. Um, and then even the comedians I work with and open for, I'm a lot of budgets have been slashed in half. So where they would normally cover my costs and then pay me the features rate, which is not great, but is survivable if costs are covered uh, or if it was like, you know, around the corner, like if I could drive to it and not lose money on the drive, it would be fine. But uh, I think that's going away. So people at clubs are, going, are having to use like local features, stuff like that. The Comedy Store, which is my home club in Los Angeles, which if you don't know, has a very rich history, which you can now uh, see on Showtime. I'm sure I've mentioned that before, but there's a Showtime series about the comedy store. Um, you can see me on that, uh, just in the hallway, very quickly in passing. Uh, like not, I don't think you would hear anything I said. Um, but that was sort of my my income floater when I was off the road because uh, that's one of the few places in town that pays and the, uh, a lot of the spots pay relatively well. So especially considering, you know, 15 minute spots. Uh, and that is completely shut down. So that has been the case since mid-March. We are going into 2021 with, I don't want to say no end in sight. There's a small light at the end of the tunnel with vaccine and a new president, which I think at least... I look at everything and I go and, you know, 
I'm obviously not, not going to tell everyone what they should or shouldn't think. That's, this isn't a political podcast. And I regret that my one live episode I did after the political things got fucking lost in the shuffle of my dad dying, which we'll get to. Uh-huh. So many things. Um, I, I did a great live interview with Madison Shepard and I cannot for the fucking life of me find the files that were sent to me. So that is lost in the ether. So the last episodes that have been sitting up there for a while are four different, very different opposing political views. But um, I got one review uh, specifically on my I- on the iTunes podcast app after that, giving I maybe three stars, but just going, shitting on it for being not just a political show, but being like pandering to liberals, which... I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that person is straight up just not listening to this right now. If you could listen to all four of those interviews and then go, she's pandering to liberals. I think you're out of your fucking mind. Like I interviewed a Trump supporter. I interviewed people who think that the government is garbage. I interviewed a libertarian shout out to Craig. Uh, Like, did I say at some point, you know, I voted for Biden. Yeah. I also said, I, you know, it's like I didn't, I didn't love Biden. Uh, I, I don't know. This sort of culture we live in where people hear one nugget of something and they just make a huge assumption about you, who you are is, I think, detrimental to progress. And I don't mean being progressive in the, I mean, and that, I mean, that in a nutshell is what I'm talking about. Like when you go, you know, I consider myself a progressive person, people go, Oh, they, they they immediately are like, oh, you're a Democrat who wants everything to be free. And it's like, I would like society to keep progressing is what I mean when I say progressive. Uh, or do I mean progressive auto insurance? What if I started just like the way fucking radio stations, remember those, um, would just slip in commercials? Like it's uh, like, a, first of all, they have commercials about how they don't do commercials. They're like, 97.7, no commercials all afternoon. It's like, isn't this a commercial for yourself? But then how the DJ just just go, you know, I was on my way to work in my Nissan Sentra, which I got to tell you, (laughs) the leather seats of the, that you're just like, okay, we get it. You got a free Nissan, Susan, shut the fuck up. I should have chewed my Neurogum before this. I am all over the map. Um. But anyways, so lest anyone thinks that this podcast has been completely wiped off the map or has become political, I don't, I talked about politics in a chunk of episodes because we were in an election and this is America. And like, I can't sit here and talk about, I want to learn more and overcome ignorance and just ignore politics. Like there's not, if the theme of this podcast was, I don't want perspective and I would like to remain in the dark about everything and never form an opinion, then yeah, avoiding politics would make sense. Uh, But that's not why I do this. That's not why I think you're here. And I don't remember why I started this rant. The point is, sorry that I, I wish I would have put something out that was like a completely separate thing. So I just didn't just leave on politics. And now it seems like Joe Biden won. What am I out starting fights with the people who think it's rigged? Like, where did I go? (laughs) Uh, why did you just fall off the map? Um, did the liberal media kill me? And unfortunately, no. 
I'm still alive and not important enough for the media to care about. Anyway. No, quiet. I'm trying to teach my dog not to bark, so. No, quiet. Quiet. I'm, in my mind, I'm going to cut this out. I'm not. You guys know that. I'm not going to cut this out. I'm going to forget that it's here by the time I'm done with this. And you guys are just going to hear me saying quiet to my dog. Good quiet. Good quiet girl. She's so smart. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my Instagram lately, at JMS Comedy, but in the stories, revealed the results of her DNA test, 1% wolf. That's right. Moki is a ferocious beast who's maybe 12 pounds. Speaking of 12 pounds, that's what I gained this year. I want to talk about things that we lost and what we gained. I gained weight. So that's fun as a woman in Hollywood that you're like, oh, I'm not sad enough. Let me also, nope, quiet. This is how quiet. I'm pausing it for real this time. Like, look, I would love to tell you that like my body, these dogs will be the death of me. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, that I that like none of my self-worth is measured by the way my body looks or like you know what? I'm tired of what society says. I'm going to be rebellious and love myself the way I am. Like good for women or men who can do that when they don't have bodies that are, you know, quote considered in shape or what's hot. Uh until I hit a point where I am organically really doing that, for better or worse, I will always assume all of you are liars. <laughs> like, they're like, okay, yeah, no, like, keep repeating this to yourself, and maybe eventually you'll believe it. But, like, I don't believe in this society where we continue to be inundated with information about it or, or whatever, uh, or just observe what the people around us are like, that's hot, uh, who we aspire to find us attractive, think. Um, I'm just not one of you. And so that has been both a literal and figurative weight on top of everything else. But like, you know, what you gonna do? I'm trying to figure out new means of income. I've done some random little writing gigs. I've done, um, some social media promotions. I never thought I would. You guys probably noticed that on Instagram. I will say it was all fun products, some poop related stuff, some sex related stuff. So it's nice to know like, oh, I can be foul mouthed and there are brands that would still want to work with me. That's kind of fun. But it's just weird not having stand up comedy is such an outlet that relies on an audience and like Yes, I can work the muscle of being funny through writing and even through a podcast, hypothetically, if I wanted to make this a super witty conversation. Conversation? I guess I am having a conversation with myself. It feels like uh, I'm speaking to a therapist who disconnected and I don't realize it. Um, but like the, the thing that like sparks joy for me has always been stand up. That's, uh, that's always been a thing for a long time where uh, I've wrestled with like, you know, in the entertainment industry, it's very normal to want to do it all or to feel like you have to do all these things. Like, 
I want to be a movie star and I want to, I want to try to act and be in commercials and I want to be, you know, I want to write and sell a show and like, yeah, no, like, would I do all of those things? Would I love to have those jobs, especially now? Yes. Uh, I, none of my goals were ever anything but stand-up comedy and they were make a living on stand-up and be a paid regular at the comedy store. And I met both those goals and I've been having a crisis about it for a while, sort of wrestling with like, well, what next? Because I don't think you can force yourself to want something, but I'm like, well, I need to make some sort of goal. These damn dogs. Just a second. So I've spent, you know, however long since I realized, oh, I don't really have a bigger goal than that. Trying to sort of force what, what would my goal be that's in line with what other people who do stand up are trying to do, you know, acting, writing, et cetera. And like, it just didn't come to me. And now in this past year, I've realized I also have interests in other things. Like um, I completed a course in cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner ring. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm obviously not a licensed therapist. You have to go to, you know, you have to give, a university a stupid amount of money for that um nor am i ever planning to be like a therapist but there's a part of me that was really interested in that and i'm taking a few more like online courses because it sparked my interest and now i'm going like well maybe there's something in the like healing or advising helping others realm that I could do, maybe even combining it with my comedy somehow, like whether it's some type of comedy course that involves, you know, looking at self-awareness or like some type of funny, like I cringe at the idea of the phrase funny life coach or like wellness but I'm cringing out of like, what will other people think of me? Not, ew, I would never want to do that. Cause there's a part of me. It's like, actually that sounds like something I would be great at is helping other people with their figuring shit out. Just, I seem to be much better at listening to other people's things and being able to add, give sound advice than figuring out my own shit. Um, and, you know, using my skill set of comedy because it comes natural anyways. And I think it's, a healing tool organically. Um, I mean, in no way am I like, I'm a healer. And then I talk about you know, like getting cum in my eyes, but laughter heals. And that's, I think that we can all agree on that. But there's a part of me that's like, maybe I'd want to do that. But then there's a part of me that's like, what will everyone think if I start doing that? Like, I'm worried because first of all, I'm never going to quit comedy. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to quit stand up. But there's, I think, this ego-related part of me that worries, like, would people, would my peers think I was quitting? Would they think that, that I'm giving up? And it's like, you can shift gears and have it not be giving up. Sorry, I'm, I'm not giving a speech. I'm figuring this out out loud as I tell you. <laughs> it's like, why, why if, if you have a dream and it's related to a creative outlet that you love. And you're like, I want this specific thing and that specific thing. And you, you meet those dreams. 
And you're like, that's great. And I love, I still love doing the act of comedy. Why do I have to try to force another dream related to this instead of just continuing to do the art I love? And, and if I have dreams elsewhere, like why do I feel like a pivot is viewed as a failure instead of just changing paths? I don't know. Does anyone else feel this way? Does anyone else feel like even if no part of you is giving up, if it's like, this is fine, my career, when stuff opens up, like uh, realistically, I'm not in danger of like being left out of the conversation. I know I'm funny. I know people know I'm funny. I know clubs right now that want to book me, but I'm for the like amount of money and the stress and the potential danger I'd be putting people in. I'm, I'm not doing it, but why if I wanted to put my attention elsewhere instead of being like, look how much stand-up I'm doing when I can't even do stand-up anyways, am I worried that like, well, if I say I'm doing this, are people going to be like, oh, I guess she just threw in the towel. And I, I don't want to throw in the towel to be very clear, but like, what, what is, why is it so wrong or seen as such a failure for people to throw in the towel? Why is it called throwing? I and mean, it's like, eventually, like, what are you just going to use the same crusty towel your whole life and then like get ringworm? Yeah. Sometimes you need to like do a change up, right? Does this make sense to anyone? I am alone with dogs while my boyfriend cooks food. What a gift. Uh, that's been a, a weird, I don't want to call it a silver lining, a unique opportunity because of this 2020 sort of quarantine experience. There have been multiple times I've had to stay with my boyfriend, Andy. At first at the beginning, I had just moved in with a new roommate and she had a lot of anxiety about COVID. And she just said, look, no hard feelings. Could you either stay here or stay at his place instead of coming back and forth? Because I mean, that was the time where we, we didn't know if like it lived on surfaces and like, you know, you can, you can trust that someone's like, I'm just going here and there. But like, I understand being like, it, it would make me feel better if I just like for sure knew that you were here when we're all on lockdown and not because there are people who the whole time haven't given a fuck, you know? So out of respect to her, I stayed here. And, you know, so I was just paying over a thousand dollars a month, essentially for a storage unit. Then three months into that, she decided to move home. So I had to find a new place, uh, moved in with my current roommate who I love dearly. Uh, she is one of my best friends. She's OCD and I'm have ADHD and I'm messy. And regardless of how fine she says she is with it, I will never not walk on eggshells, uh, in that situation. Uh, and frankly, I don't know if you've had to live somewhere where in your home, you walk on eggshells. It is detrimental to your mental health. Um, and right now she has COVID, which don't worry. She's okay. Uh, she had some pretty bad symptoms for a while. She seems to be fine. Although the positive test is lingering. So she tested positive on the 10th when I was already out of town visiting my parents and I had tested negative and that was a whole fucking nightmare. Cause, uh, my mom has COPD and I was like, if I just brought COVID and kill my mom after less than a month ago, my dad died. I genuinely from the bottom of my heart don't think I was like, I don't think I can survive that. I think that's it for me. Uh, miraculously that did not happen, but 
because her immune system, I guess, is just working a little slower. She took another test. It was positive. So the whole point is I've been stuck at Andy's a lot um, in his space, sharing space. And he's been very kind about it. Uh, it's hard. But the silver lining is that eventually, obviously, we're a couple. We're planning to move in together at some point. We got this unique opportunity to kind of know exactly what we need when we do move in together because we've been forced to be stuck together. Like, well, like we need two bathrooms. You know what I mean? Like, I can't share a bathroom with him. Men, I know there are male listeners of this podcast. The majority of my patrons are male. The majority of the interactions I get are male. Um, which, by the way, women, if you're just silently listening, and I know there's, I know there's a good chunk of you, please tweet at me join the facebook group feel free to speak up i'd love to hear from more of you guys just because i feel like it it would be reassuring i mean because i want to hear from anybody but like also going like oh okay there are like a lot more other women that like you feel this way i'm not i'm not like a man trapped in a woman's body um he takes the longest shits and showers and it seems like I would say at least 50% of the time, I always have an emergency, uh, a bathroom emergency while he's in there. And that's just, that's hell. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the thing. We want two bedrooms, two bathrooms. And who knows when we'll be in a position to even do that uh, emotionally, financially, because I thought it would be by now. And I agreed to move in with my roommate, my current roommate, under the idea, like assuming that by now I'd be moving out which I was like, okay, then that's not too much time, so I won't drive her insane. And by the way, she has not voiced any of this, that I'm driving her insane. But also, my last living experience, prior to the person I lived with briefly at the beginning of the pandemic, started as someone who was one of my closest friends. It was their idea to live together. And then by the end, it was a terribly bad situation. And I did not want this to happen with, with Nicole. She's another close friend. And it hasn't. But I also was like, okay, June through the end of the year, that's, you know, six, seven months. That's not enough to drive. That's enough time. There's a light at the end of the tunnel if we do start driving each other crazy. And now there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And the apartment's fucking expensive. It's over my budget. which that's on me like that first of all I don't know that's on me for thinking that a the money I was briefly making at the time was going to continue b that the situation we were in was not going to last as long as it did which to be fair we were told it wouldn't last this long um yeah oh and I know I've said already my dad died in November so that's been my year and those of you who've listened to my comedy, you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me make jokes about my dad leaving over the years, and I won't get too deep into it on this episode, mostly because I am going to release a full just grieving death in terms of my father episode on the Patreon, so that should be coming soon. I planned to do it before this, but it, normally I would just go, time got away from me. The, the honest-to-God truth is I'm sharing space with Andy, and there's nowhere to podcast. Like even right now he's cooking dinner and I, I know he wants me to do all of my stuff and he wants to be supportive of, of all my creative outlets. But 
we're essentially sharing a room. So that's very stressful. And I also, it's, I love Andy, but it's not my space. And I don't feel comfortable here either. You know, I don't feel like I can just spread out because I can't, it's not, there's not, there's nowhere to spread out. And that's a fact of life. You know what I mean? He can love me as much as he wants, but like, he can also be like, I fucking can't hear you talk about things all day and all night. Cause he can't, there's nowhere for him to go. So like, I can't just take over his room all the time. Um, so that's the reason I haven't recorded that episode yet. Cause I don't want to record that while he's like sitting here drawing, a, you know, a cartoon of Dumbledore, the Explorer or whatever. Like that's just, it's weird enough that the dogs are listening. They're not listening. They don't give a fuck. Right, Peach? Did you see snack? Um, sorry, you guys, uh, a thousand percent talking to the dogs. <sighs> But I'll say this. So I was estranged from my dad. He left when I was eight. Then he was in and out of my life. My mom moved us to Alaska, which um, I could spend a lot of time probably having anger about, especially now. There are multiple times I asked to live with my dad and that was denied. And when my brother got into trouble at school, got into drugs, he was sent to live with my dad. So his sort of like punishment or way to get him on track was to let him do the thing that I had wanted to do the entire time. Uh, did not like living with my stepdad. Uh, we get along fine now. You can see him being silly on my Instagram when I go visit them. He bakes stuff and it's because I don't have to live with him. But like he doesn't know how to, he didn't know how to, you know, he had anger issues and didn't know how to relate to women. And he grew up in a household where I think he was taught a very misogynistic viewpoint. And I don't think that there's anything at this point that will change that. And that was very hard as a young, intelligent woman uh, for a variety of reasons. But this is not my therapy hour. So I went to college in Florida where my dad lived. Would see him every few weekends. I'd go visit. And then, if you don't already know, he disappeared again. And I don't know and now will never know if there was some misunderstanding of something I said or did on my end that made him think that he couldn't call me, but to my recollection, as far as I can remember, he moved away to Texas, which I only know, by the way, because I tried to mail him. This is so sad or pathetic. I don't know what it is. I tried to mail him an invitation to my graduation and it came back. It bounced back with a forwarding address. Um, by the way, if you're not on the Patreon seeing this video, you're missing some cute peach on the end of the bed action. So if it's not for me, do it so you can see Peach's little head as she begs me to pet her. Peach is Andy's dog. Uh, and I never heard from him again. Uh, and I think I've been so angry about that. And so hyper-focused on the being left that, like, my brain locked away any good memory of his uh, that I had with him. And when I got the call in mid-November, early November, I guess, I was there for over a week by the time he actually passed, that he was dying. You know, I I didn't even think twice. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I got to go try to see him, which... Rarely would anyone utter the phrase, thank God you live in Florida. But 
it, there's a lot of states where you don't get to see your loved ones in the hospital because of COVID. And in Florida, they don't give a fuck. No, they do. But it was limited to two, two visitors a day. And I got there. The sun, he died on a Monday, November 16th. Uh, the Sunday, not the day before, but the Sunday before that. Um, I landed in the morning, showered. Me and my brother got in my aunt's car because my brother lives in uh, St. Pete. My dad was in Orange City, Florida. Uh, and we drove over and we visited him. And that day, he was still lucid. So he had a ventilator in the whole time. But he was, his sedation was lowered enough that he was able to like nod yes and nod no. And we had... Not a conversation, but I guess sort of just an understanding of I was able to ask him questions and tell him that I missed him and that I was sorry and that I loved him. And, you know, not Not because I wanted to hear it for myself, although I think I needed to hear it for myself. I asked him, you know, did you miss me? Do you love me? And he shook his head yes. And my instinct to do that only came after he, like, struggled through his ventilator and was, like, gagging on it, which even now I can't. He would, like, gag. And then I think just the... He would, I'm yawning now. I can't think of yawns without thinking of it because he would gag a few times trying to like talk and then it would just turn into a yawn because I think just how the muscles are built or maybe he was just really tired. Uh, so then I offered him yes or no questions because it, you know, you can't talk on a ventilator. And I hung out with him for a week. But um, I think there was only really one other day where he, he really came around after that. Um, the nurses said that the first day I got there, his stats were looking better than they had been. And the nurse was even like, oh, you should just stay all night. And I asked, like, can I do that? And they were they laughed. And they're like, no, sorry, unfortunately, no. When we came back the next day, he was completely out. But I still stayed with him all day. Um, Andy actually made me a playlist. I, I sent, I was like, can you, because I just got Spotify this past year and I still kind of new to it and I also was just in a weird headspace I asked like here's some artists my dad really loved could you make a playlist and so I just played the playlist while I sat there well you know and sat there while he just breathed on a tube and uh I wasn't gonna go deep into this <laughs> I guess we're here um I don't even know if I'll need to do a death episode after all of this talking uh yeah you know no, I'll just wrap this up. It was, you know, there's maybe one other day where he sort of came around a little and, um, you know, I, I asked him questions then and I asked him, you know, the doctors basically said they were doing all they're doing and it was going to be up to him to fight, but I think he just didn't have, oh, there's Andy in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle of talking about my dad on a ventilator, so I'm glad that the chicken fingers that you made. I'm sure they're delicious and I'm sure I will greatly appreciate them as soon as I wrap this up, which I almost am. It's okay. Thank you, Andy. I love you. I won't because I'll forget to, but I'll try. I love you. Are they ready? Okay.
they're not even ready. Who disturbs my... Anyways, uh, I have the best boyfriend of all time who's making chicken fingers and just kissed me on the head and apologized for interrupting um, while I'm in his room doing a podcast by myself. Thank God, at least I still have that, uh, that this whole thing didn't wear us both down because we've both lost our lives. It's a drummer in a band, you know? Uh, There's no music touring that we, you know, took it out on each other in the wrong way. But yeah, he just, uh, I think he was weak. He was out of shape. I'll say this. I am more motivated to eat healthy and exercise since coming back. And, you know, some of it was probably directly needing to heal. But immediately after he passed away, I started running in Florida. I was running, you know, a mile, a mile and a half every day till I left. And I have fallen off that here, but I've been doing other exercises. And um, he had COPD because he was a smoker. And uh, he was obese. And like that, like to circle back, like you, you can say that you're like, you know, I'm healthy at any size and it, healthy looks very different on different people. That is hundred percent true. But like obesity affects your health and it affects your ability to recover because your body has to work harder and that's fine. There's no reason anyone should feel ashamed because it's like, you know, because they're obese or because it, you know, they may have their body maybe under more pressure because of it. And I, I, I think it's great, you know, be happy however you are. I think I reiterated, I wish I knew how to do it, but like it makes it harder to recover. And he was already really weak from a COPD. He got blood clots in his lungs, got pneumonia while in the hospital. Quiet. And he just couldn't bounce back. Uh, Peach. Quiet. I'm monologuing. Um, and that was hard. I was with him when they brought him to hospice. I held his hand. He opened his eyes and I played the playlist when they took out his tube and he took a few more breaths and then he died while Freebird was playing, which almost feels like he's like, Hey, I'm, I don't want you to stop making jokes about me. So here's this. Also, his last words before they intubated him were, don't forget to pick up my lottos. So <laughs> at least we'll all have that to laugh about. I'm sure it will become a joke at some point. Um, and it is like a little like, <laughs> I mean, like what a cartoonishly redneck way to go. <sighs> but that was hard. Like, I'm very grateful. I talked about this briefly on my other podcast when we got into it. I'm grateful that I made it there in time to be with him. And it's weird. There are things that I'll never have answered. That's weird. And you know what? I'm going to stop there and only to save myself the crying and uh, not overlap too much. If if you want to hear me go deeper into this, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. Also, by the way, did I plug two filthy nerds patreons earlier in this episode i might have on accident um some of you are on both which fucking god bless you and thank you uh just because i don't want to go too deep into it so i will talk about it more there i also want to start interviewing people about their experiences with grief and loss uh and we'll for now those are only going to be on patreon and then once i 
acquire a stack of them. I think I might release it as a separate podcast um, called Horny for Death. Huh? Because got to stay on brand. Um, yeah. So ending the year, paying too much for an apartment I can't be in because my roommate has had COVID for going on three weeks. Thank God that she is, you know, going to uh, survive and it seems like have no lasting problems with it. Uh, and going into a year that I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm interviewing for writing jobs and trying to create things on my own, really trying to lean into these podcasts because they mean a lot to me. And it, it would be great if I could make just enough money to survive so I can focus all my energy here instead of trying to focus my energy, but also being stuck in survival mode. So trying to think of ways to make it more engaging. So people want that kind of thing. And this episode probably isn't doing that. Uh, it's probably making people like, wow, what a sad sack of shit she is. And you know what? I'm not always, but right now I am. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay, you know, to not make my identity being a sad sack of shit, but like There's going to be days where you feel like a sad sack of shit, but there's also going to be days where you feel like a big pile of gold and you just got to take them as they come. And with that, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm moving into the new year motivated, motivated to give myself, uh, measurable goals with the podcast, at least, uh, you know, finding, numbers to aim for on the downloads or on the social media. Tell me what you would like to see more of on social media or in the engagement or in the Patreon. Is there some type of conversation you'd like to have? Do you want me to put little clips from episodes on the social media? Do you want me to bring back putting, um, I don't really use the Instagram for ignorance is blessed a lot, but the, I, I used to do like the most ignorant thing I said on the episode as a quote on my Instagram. I could do that there or move it over to the Ignorance is Blessed Instagram, which, by the way, follow it if you want to see the faces of the people I interview. And uh, we got a really cool new, uh, we're, we're not changing things up. We're tightening up the ship in the new year. And I say we because I'm bringing on a producer and he will be my guest next week as our sort of opening, uh, opening the new year. We talk a little about him. He gives, I just did the interview today ahead of time, uh, some really great metaphors from his life, which I think carry over and everything but then we just talk about you know how we're uh making it more fun but i would love your input and um you know i with having said everything i've said which has been pretty much a bummer i am grateful to have the friends i have in my life i am grateful to have love in my life i am grateful to have this outlet and have you guys uh as fucking rad people from all over the planet to interact with um And I think that will do it for me. What do you think? See you later, idiots. Well, that was me. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to John, Eric, Gene, Greg, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. We hang out. There's cards. This is my fucking crew. So if you want to join the League of Extraordinary Idiots, uh, be part of our hangouts, 
Get more bonus content from me, including exclusive stand-up kit, kits, clips, and full-length unedited episodes. Head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. Follow at blessed podcast on Twitter at ignorance is blessed on Instagram to stay all that's stay up on all that's happening over here. And please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated, situated position in the world. So please don't think that this episode is reflective of other podcast hosts or other people who've uh, watched their estranged father die this year. I am just me and it is my unique experience, though I hope you find things you can relate to because we're all humans. If you have additional questions about a topic, uh, you want you have a specific guest you'd like to suggest for one of our topics this year, because that's right, we're getting themey. You'll find out more next week. Hit me up, at me, do at me, at JMS Comedy, uh, or the easiest way to reach me, join the Facebook fan page, Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Post there. I interact there. I, I, I get, I have notifications on. And let me tell you, there's a lot of places I don't have them on because of my mental health. Uh, I don't mean like that my mental health is in a unique state uh, where I just can't have notifications on. It's to keep my mental health from getting to that state. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for your suggestions. And thanks for always asking questions. Keep asking, because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.